Good evening and welcome to the Non-Negotiable Podcast. I'm here again with Justin. How are you doing, Just? Uh, good, good. Hey, hey. And Pascal here as well. How are you doing, Pass? I'm good, Gav. Thank you. Uh, I bet everyone's good. Another uh, another great weekend, another fantastic result. Couldn't have gone any better. Um, City winning before, putting the pressure on. Everyone liking to ramp the pressure up on us and seeing if we respond and we definitely did. Uh, so it's another great win. So let's talk about this. Let's get into the game. First of all, uh, we had a really fast start. Three or four corners in the opening couple of minutes. Partey just ended up poking one wide that he probably should have done a little bit better from. Um, and then we kind of stalled a little bit, slowed it down. There was a few sloppy passes, a few silly mistakes. And then the one that led to the first goal. Partey dwelling on the ball a little bit. Um, he, he tried to play that pass and I don't blame him for trying to pass. It was the right pass. He just got it completely wrong, which he hasn't done very often this year. And Rashford pounced and then I didn't think his tackle going back in on, on Rashford was particularly good. But what Rashford did from there was just, I mean, it was a it was a world-class finish. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, um, and then we, we saw what we've seen a few times this year. The crowd got up straight away, got behind the team, which I, I think is is absolutely brilliant, the way the way the fans have been doing that. I, I don't think you can say enough for it. And Odegaard was there in the centre circle, urging everyone on. And uh, I, I thought we went straight back at him, um, started putting the pressure on. Uh, we moved him around a lot, some good play from left to right, not the horseshoe of death that we used to see, but a lot more of Zinchenko cutting inside, playing some clever passes. Uh, and then we had the goal. So it was a it was a fantastic cross by Xhaka, but the little movement between Zinchenko and Odegaard before that on the edge of the box was was fantastic. Um, and then it kind of petered out a little bit. We had a little flurry at the end when Saka had the shot blocked. So past that that first half, how did how did you see that going? Yeah, I mean it was um, it was a good start. Uh, we started, I think, the first five minutes we were off you know, out of the blocks, um, kind of similar to the Newcastle game in a lot of respects in the way that we we just took it to them. Um, and what was interesting is that actually what we spoke about last week, Gav, um, was uh, it moving down the right-hand side. It was actually the opposite at the very beginning. It was all on the left. Um, so Zinchenko was uh, combining well with Shaka, his crosses into the box. So it was um, a great um, start to the game. And like you said, it kind of then got a little bit more even in terms of how the possession was working and the play. Um, but I looked at it as um, a first half that um, I felt we still had control of. There was that moment of brilliance from Rashford, which was from a mistake that party made. Like you said, that comes off. If that comes off a party, that could be Saka away down the right-hand side like it was against Spurs. It just happens that he lost it on that occasion. He did a nutmeg and then he smacks it in. And, you know, what can you say? It was a world-class goal. Um, I didn't think they threatened uh, as much as maybe I thought they had. Um, of course, statistically, it didn't show that. Um, but I always felt with Rashford, there was that threat. Um, and I think he seemed to kind of get the best out of, um, get the better, uh, better of Ben White as well. Um, and after he got that yellow, it became even more precarious. Um, but... Um, but I thought we um, we handled ourselves pretty well in the first half. It, it, it obviously wasn't um, it wasn't uh, the result I probably would have been open for at halftime because I thought we still were the better team and we were doing more of the plays. Um, and I think even our stats at the end, because I was quite surprised by that. But for the halftime, um, we had a little bit more possession than them. I think it was um, just a, a little bit more on the possession side. But... Um, we had um, uh, shots, I think it was, they had like 11 shots was from ours and two was from them. I, I, I would expect that at the end of the game, I was quite surprised that was the half time on it. But they did, um, obviously on the possession front, we were more, it was more parity on that. I think it was 50 to 49. Um, so, you know, on the basis of it, I was happy we were at 1-1 because we were one down. And I was happy with the way that we came back into that game because Man United, I think, and Gav, you probably know this, or Justin, it was 20-plus games that they'd been in the lead and not lost. So mm -hmm. for us to actually get back into the game um, was, and it was so quick after, I think it was, what, five, six minutes after they scored? We're back in the game. So I think there was a real 
one comes from the fans, like you said, after their goal. Um, but two, there's just this, there's this absolute, in, it just seems to be imbe embedded in this team of an inherent desire to just keep going and believe in what they're doing. And I thought we saw that straight after their goal. They kept going at it. Um, so, yeah, I was, I, was, I was content, let's put it that way, at halftime. Yes, yeah, it's, it's 27 Premier League games that they've taken the lead in. They, they've scored first I wasn't sure, yeah. and, and gone, on to, gone on to win. There you go. Um, yeah. you, you made a, a really good thing with, with Ben White and everybody noticed it. And I, I'm telling you now, I've, I've watched the guy all year. That was not a normal Ben White performance. And if you were to tell me that he had lasagna on Saturday night, I, uh, I would I would not be surprised at all because I think physically he looked like he was struggling. He looked like he was struggling physically from the first minute for me. And I know Rashford's a player in form and I know Rashford's a, a good player, but he's already pocketed some this season. He's already yeah. pocketed Zaha. I think there was more to it than that. Just with the with the Ben White thing in particular, what what did you what did you see there? Yeah, Rashford um, Rashford was just uh, all that first half, um, you know, it, it did, it, it scared me a little, you know, um, obviously, you know, in the, the cold light of day, it, it does look a little different, but in the moment I was, uh, I was pretty nervous about it, but I mean, you know, to be honest, that was the only threat they had. Um, couldn't even tell Anthony was on the pitch. Uh, you know, Weghurst was basically a, a, a wall. Um, so, I mean, all the threat came from that left side, just from Rashford. And I, I know we're not in the second half yet, but I, I think it was a good call to uh, to pull Ben White at, at half, especially carrying the yellow. So, yeah, I, I don't think he had a choice but to but to bring him bring him off at half time. To be honest, I mean, I I saw it come in. I said to you guys in the chat that that he, he had to get him off. I, I just think on the hour we'd have we'd have ended up down to ten men just the way it was going. You could tell he was getting frustrated with the way he was playing, um, and I said I, I just think there's a little bit a little bit more there than we probably know. Um, because physically, he definitely, definitely didn't look right. But that that start just the way we were moving around, we we come out of the blocks so quick. Um, did it? Did you see why we kind of sat off after that first couple of minutes? Was there anything there in the way we were playing? We we just seemed to turn passive after about five minutes, and we we gave them a good ten minute spell where they just had the ball, and um, it was a little bit uncomfortable there for a while without ever being particularly threatening. But what do you think happened there? I think that's been a bit of a theme under Arteta, hasn't it? I mean, I feel like, uh, you know, we always come out of the, out of the, you know, the kickoff really strong uh, and then kind of, uh, you know, taper off. Um, this game seemed to be particularly early, but I, that does seem like a, a theme. I almost feel like uh, it's kind of almost part of the plan at this point is like attacking in bursts uh, and then, you know, just kind of trying to slow the game down and control it before we attack in bursts again, you know just going by what we've seen for a lot of this season, a lot of last season. Um, what do you guys think? Well, yeah, I think that is part of it. We can be a, a little bit passive and and we, we seem to give them a lot of respect. And I do wonder if he's that the pace of their wingers, I think definitely made us think after what happened at Old Trafford, because I thought our starting position was deeper than it normally is. And I, and I haven't checked the heat map to, to see if that's true or not, but it definitely felt to me like our starting position was a lot deeper on the pitch. Um, and again, not to go on the second half yet, but I think that is something we remedied at half time. So I don't know if they were told to do that or if it's just something naturally that happened. And I think that's why we gave up that possession. But somewhere we were getting joy from the very first minute pass was was over on that right-hand side again with Saka. Um Martinelli was was finding it tough one on one versus one Bissaka, no doubt about it. But Saka had Shaw from the from the first minute he had him on toast. Um, I mean, there were a couple of fouls on him, and then hilariously, the first one booked was was Mikel Arteta. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. <laughs> you probably want to have a look at that. But Pat, when you see that with with Saka and that that it makes you feel good, doesn't it? When you see him playing like that, oh, you know that it's oh, you know that it's coming. It's unbelievable. I think um, I think some of the comments that um, were made, uh, I think it was Gary Neville, I believe, who, who said that um, he's, it's just a really hard for defenders to, to know what he's going to do. Because I think it was, actually, I saw this on Twitter, um, and there was quite a good analogy with regards to Robin. Because Robin, 
like Saka, we know, wants to cut on the left. He wants to hit it with the left foot. But even though there is that anticipation, that's what he's going to do. There's still an element of doubt of what is he going to do? Because if you look at the White Hart Lenge, he shifted onto his right. It was a mistake by Larissa. It went in, but he shipped, he Cessignor thought he was going to go on the left, but he didn't. He went on the right. But we all know once he shifts it onto the left, he's going to shoot. But it's still this doubt that defenders have in how to deal with him. He's just so tricky as a player, but so consistently good. It's it's remarkable. Honestly, the guy ran out of accolades to give him because he just brings so much joy watching him play and how much danger he brings and how he's fouled for a reason. I mean, obviously, you know, we can debate all day about protection, but there's a reason why the guy is fouled because they just have no clue what to do. And let's, let's you know, put this into context as well. Luke Shaw has been their best performing defender um, definitely over the last 10 games. So, you know, we're not talking about um, a horrible left back. Um, so, yeah, unbelievable. Uh, absolutely unbelievable. And it, it just shows you that with Martinelli as well, it really is a handful. It's an absolute hammer. And if Martinelli's not having a good one, they have the worry of Saka then that's going to be on the right-hand side. So it, it, it really is trouble for any uh, defender when they're up against uh, either one of those two. Yeah, and in that in that first half, Saka wasn't really getting any backup either because, like we said, Ben no. White just he just didn't look he didn't look on it, and because no. he wasn't on it, he was also sitting very deep because he was scared of Rashford, um, and I think that was that was a part of the performance as well. And it, it just it wasn't until I mean right on half time, Saka had that shot blocks, which I, I think was was kind of a. Uh, a view of what was to come, really, because he he, he was getting mm. joy all, all game and he was doing it. He was doing it on his own. But just with uh, with Arteta, that booking, um, how much did you laugh? Oh, quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, I think it's hilarious, and uh, especially you know uh, all the uh, <clears throat> you know the pundits and stuff just just going at him for his uh, excitement on the touchline and stuff is just ridiculous, you know. But just more signs that uh, you know old Arsenal's back, right? That that was a planned booking, wasn't it? I mean, <laughs> if there was ever a planned booking, yeah, they that, were that. they they went out. That officiating crew went out there knowing that they were going to. And it was even more hilarious. There's plenty of steals around of Ten Hag doing exactly the same thing. Mm -hmm. But oh, booking yeah. for Arteta, that's that's one they've been waiting to give for a while. That's that that was for Richard Keys, man. I mean, it's, <laughs> it was like it was well, so. I don't know if him, you've uh, I don't know if you've seen you. today, but uh, the airplane ways have cancelled his flight, <laughs> yeah. which I, I thought was was funny. I think obviously uh, Mikel's had a word with the guys at Emirates, and they've they've called their their buddies on the board there and 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 sorted that one out. And and longer, the more flights that Richard Keys gets cancelled on him, the happier everyone's going to be. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> man. It, well, what, just on that point, though, quickly though, as a like he's obviously someone who wants to be relevant, but why are you having a spat with Qatar Airways on your, <laughs> on your professional he's, Twitter he's, page? What, he's what an angry, doing? grumpy old man shaking his fist <laughs> at the clouds. They do anything to and, stay uh, relevant these days. Yeah, in, in this case, quite literally at the clouds at Qatar Airways. Yeah, yeah it did. Yeah. I was cracking up, and everyone was retweeting the uh, the picture of Arteta in the pilot seat that was, I guess, one note. Emirates commercial shots. I thought that was that was Arsenal fantastic. Twitter is amazing though. For all the uh hyper hyperbole sometimes and the you know the the exaggeration of certain aspects, but some of the jokes, oh, it's, man. I, it's I can a wonderful be all day space. It. It's a wonder it's when pretty. things are going well, it's a great place to be. I mean, Jazz, how often do you laugh at uh the Twitter are you trying to find out where players are looking at clouds and looking at the position oh, of the amazing. Sun. Oh, every day. I mean, there was even a, a I saw a, a flight tracking thread for uh, Kivor, you know, this this 22-year-old uh, Polish centre-back that probably won't even play for us this season, still tracking that flight, you know, you gotta, you gotta love it. It's fabulous. If the FBI was just stocked with Arsenal Twitter, no one would ever be able to do anything wrong. Fantastic <laughs> yeah, stuff. They'd be sorted. <laughs> all right, well, let's get on to the second half because the second half, this this is where all the meat is, right? This was uh I will be honest with you, I thought the first half we were we were sloppy. Um I don't think there's any two ways about it. There were it was sloppy play. We were giving the ball away a little bit and we looked a little bit nervy. I think the occasion, I think it was a it was a big, big occasion. And I think that did get to a few of them at the start with some of the loose touches and the passes, but Coming out that second half, we obviously had Tommy on for Ben White. And 
it just changed instantly. Um, again, we started the press, and I, I think it was noticeable that Zinchenko started to really roam in the second half. I mean, he was roaming in the first half, but if you look at his touch, his touch map from the second half, it looks like Anthony's face. There are red dots everywhere. <laughs> it, it is absolutely incredible where he where he was doing. Um, and we we started that half on fire, and it just got better and better. And that Saka goal. I mean, that's that's incredible. That's one of the best goals that that we've seen at the Emirates. It was, I thought it was great. The way he cut inside, the bend and whip on the ball to get it to curve into the far post. De Gea, De Gea's footwork is something that I've said for a long time. He, he had real problems when he first came to England. I don't know if you remember, but he was getting beaten by a lot of long shots that weren't exactly in the corners. Mm. Um, and he's worked hard on his, his footwork to... To put that right, which I mean, you'll see on when we talk about the Enketia chance that he actually saved, and he, he has done a lot of work, but he is still a little bit susceptible sometimes and not getting his feet sorted out. And I think that happened a little bit on this one, but it was in the corner. I I don't know that he was he was ever getting there. What whatever happened, um, and then we kind of did what we did in the first half again. We we dropped off. We let him have the ball. We started going deep. Um, they had the chance from Rashford where he kind of bundled his way in the box, took a deflection, and Ramsdale made a, a fantastic save from from that. I thought he did he he did excellently to get that again away and out, and Zinchenko managed to whack it off. Um, but then they get the corner. Ramsdale comes for the corner, should have punched it, tried to catch it, hits Tommy on the head and bounces down, and there's that little midget eight yards out. <laughs> And he's he's put his top of the head on the ball, and to be fair to him, I think he meant it. Uh, he, he's a good player. I'm not going to deny that he's a good player, and I think he I think he meant that. I'm not saying he meant to put it in the roof of the net over Gabriel's head, but the only way to get it over Ramsdale and towards goal was to do what he did. Um, and you know, fair play to him for that. But immediately after the restart, again, the crowd are back in it. And we just went for him, and it, it just it didn't stop from that point until the end. It did not stop, and it was just a matter of time. Um, I'll admit, when we started getting into eighty-five minutes, I was wondering exactly when that time was going to come, <laughs> and if that time was going to yeah. come. But it was it was constant pressure, and you had Ten Hag taking off Anthony and replacing him with Fred. There was only one team going to win that, only mm-hmm. one team trying to win that, and the other team were just trying to cling on in. And you know, you saw Luke Shaw was getting desperate with a dive diving in, and he was he was on the brink, I think, for a, a lot of that game because he probably should have been booked in the first half. He got the booking eventually in the second half, and he was he was in real real trouble. I mean, and they they knew it, um, and it ended up that last Gav, twenty minutes. Gav, don't forget David De Gea's dive as well. Yeah, well, I was I was going to get to that one, the De Gea one. That was uh, there was a lot of people sending prayers up for him and hoping he was all right so yeah you you had that and and that's it they were just trying to they were just trying to cling on in there that really was was all they had um and then the goal comes and and when the goal comes it was uh it was a really really good really good move um to between Trossard and and Zinchenko and it was a really good cutback as well to Odegaard and they got the block off and I've got to say they must have made 20 blocks inside the area during that second half because it felt like everything was just getting blocked. And um, yeah, and Eddie's there to poke it home. I was a little bit scared of VAR, but it 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 went our way. Um, so yeah, and what did you think of the second half? How, how good was that, Bass? Yeah, amazing, man. I think you um, you kind of really encapsulated all of it. Um, I, um, I was... Um, you know, I think first it starts with the Tommy substitution at halftime. It's very unusual for Mikel Teta to make substitutions at halftime, um, unless it has to be done, um, like an injury. So I thought that was really interesting. We all know how much he loves Ben White as well. So it, it he has to have seen exactly, he saw what we saw, but he took action on it. He saw he was on a yellow. It wasn't really working out for him. And he brought in one of the best man markers around. I mean, that guy is just, uh, he, he's just unbelievable when he wants, he's, he had Salah in his pocket and I think he more or less had Rashford in his pocket. There was one cagey moment, but nothing to do with him, but that through pass that Fernandez did. Um, and uh, it was kind of a little, uh, kind of a mix up. And then he cleared it um, when he, when Rashford was going through, but yeah, so that started with that. And I thought, um, did you see uh, parties track back? 
Yeah, yeah, just out of nowhere, yeah. was like yeah. you, Usain Bolt. <laughs> I didn't know he had it in him. I didn't know. He's been here, what, three years? I ain't never seen that turn of I never saw that. I thought it was someone else. I thought, who's this guy? Um, so that was pretty early. I mean, the, these kind of little things that happen really get the crowd going, don't they? I mean, uh, you had that, then you had Odegaard's pass for 52 minutes. Uh, that sensational, oh, that was, that was ridiculous insane. pass to Shaka was just, you know, th- things like that were happening in the game were just you know, get the crowd going. You obviously, you mentioned Saka's goal. If you see the reverse angle of that, it's just absolutely amazing. Just how that guy put that, the the swerve on it. I think people have blamed De Gea, but I'm sorry, that shot is just, that's that's really taken away. You know, we were, we we talked after the Spurs game and and you were saying Mm. about Sessegnon sending him onto his right foot. And uh, and yeah. you know, and in, in retrospect, that's not a good idea because he can use both feet. But but that's what happens when you send him onto his left, right? Absolutely, man. It was uh, just, and he he had one after that that hit the post that yeah. on the side of the post. So it was similar kind of uh, angle. It, that's what kind of gives me <laughs> some kind of. I mean, much less of a wanker, but um, the Robin parallels. Yeah. He's the, this shifting it on to the left foot. And you know he's going to do it, but for some reason he does it. And when he does do it, it's phenomenal. Um, so I, th- those were, you know, little parts. And obviously um, we were just, I think Peter Drury hit it on the head for the um, NBC coverage when he said it was a siege. It basically was a siege. We, um, in the second half, I mean, just, just looking at the stats alone, it was an absolute battering i mean you cannot there is like you you look at those stats and you think to yourself it there is no way on this planet that was three two um it was just 25 shots six shots to man united the possession was 58 percent. it was just an absolute siege on their goal and um thank god he got it but there was a sense again like with the spurs game I just had a feeling it was going to happen. It doesn't it rarely happens to me with Arsenal where you have this feeling we're, we're going to score that late goal. Because usually it's the other way around. <laughs> but we, I just felt something was happening there. And uh, it would have been just our luck for VR to ruin it. But they didn't. And um, that was just amazing. Absolutely amazing. And, you know, from what I'm hearing, the atmosphere was just on another level uh, as well. Yeah, and that you know that feeling that you're talking about, that confidence that it that it is going to happen, um, that's that's what good teams do, but and and that's what you're feeling right now is that we've got a good yeah. team. There was uh, I tell you a story from from back in uh, 2000, it might be no three oh four. It was the invincible season, I think. I took a, a buddy of mine to the game because uh, my mate Imran couldn't go, and I took my mate with me who's a West Ham fan, and it was against Middlesbrough, and we were three one down. Inside about 20 minutes, Quadru scored. I think Quadru scored from like 40 yards or a free kick. Mm. And um, my mate, who's a West Ham fan, he turned around to me and he said, this is rubbish. And I said, well, what are you talking about? He said, you're free one down and you'll know you're going to win. And sure enough, 15 minutes later, we're five free up. And, and it's kind of when you've got a really, really good team, that's the kind of feeling that you that you get, and and just you're getting that feeling at the minute, right? Oh yeah, yeah, I, I am, think. Absolutely. And just to touch on that, just before you, Justin, just to touch on what Gav just said, though, what was interesting is I saw what James McNicholas said as well from Ask Blog. He said, um, "Gunner Blog," I should say. He said um, something as well about the atmosphere, which was really interesting, is that with the Invincibles, it was a little bit different. Um, because there was this expectation all the time. These are world-class players. You had Burkamp, Vieira, Omri. You kind of just knew. So the crowd, there was that support, but there is this extra bit that they're giving it to these guys, particularly because there's a big contingent, obviously, of the Hale end, but there's also just young players, Salibas, um, you know, you've got Gabriel, all in their early 20s. There's this extra lift the crowd want to give them because it's just something amazing to see that these young kids are coming out performing with the utmost professional and mature, maturity that the crowd are just giving that that extra push. It is. Um, and just to, really just to touch on that as well, Pass, right? you know, we all look back on Highbury with a rose tinted glasses, you know, and I, I basically grew up there. So t- to me, Highbury means everything. Um, but it wasn't always loud. It wasn't always raucous. Mm. And 
during that Invincible season, especially, there was a sense of entitlement because we'd had six years of playing the best football in the league. Um, we'd won doubles. We'd won, obviously, titles. Um, and we were entitled, basically. And the crowd was older. There was a long, long waiting list at that point. I don't know if you remember, but the waiting list was like 15 years yeah. to get a season ticket. It was only 38,500, so there wasn't many spare match day tickets going. And the crowd was the crowd was older. I think what you're seeing now at the Emirates, there seems to be a younger crowd there than we've seen in a while. When you look at the Ashburton Army and them people, they seem to be younger. And that adds to the atmosphere. I mean, back in 0304, I was a young whippersnapper. I was I was mm. 20, 23, 24 years old. So for me, I was one of the younger ones. And to me, that atmosphere was slightly stout. I loved watching that team, but there's no doubt that atmosphere isn't anything like what you're what you're seeing now. So that's just just about sorry, Judge, back to you on uh, back to you on a point with a confidence. I just just wanted to add that in there. Oh yeah, like Paz was saying, I mean it, it's 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 uh you know, totally the opposite of the feelings, you know, I've had in the recent past. I mean, you just kind of believe, uh, you know, I, I mean, any game we're going into, no matter the opponent, whether it's home away, you just have a, a confidence in this group of, uh, uh, of kids, basically. I mean, you know, that, that they can just get a result. I, I honestly, I'm, I mean, I'm so excited to get back into the Champions League next year, just to kind of see what we do, you know, against Europe's finest and, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, uh, I don't really remember having this, you know, positive of a feeling about Arsenal. I mean, it's been, you know, 20 years, so it's pretty, pretty remarkable, you know. Um, and I mean, the team is just so damn likable, too. You know, I mean, everybody, you know, front to back is just uh, really is something special right now. Yeah. And you can, you know, part of it is you can see how much they want it and how hard they're working on it. We talked about and Ketia last week and, and how much he's worked and how much his game's improved. And man, you, you couldn't get a better uh, a better showing for it than Sunday, where I'm guessing there was huge TV audiences around the world and, and they're looking and going, who's this guy? You know, it, it's it's incredible the way he's worked on it. But Zinchenko, the 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 way he plays and then the enthusiasm he has and that leadership, you can you can see he's an international captain just by by watching that. And I think that adds to the that adds to the link with the players as well. Um, Pass when you when you see that it's, it's got to fire you did, up, right? Did you see his post match comments as well? Zinchenko? Yes. When he, I'm paraphrasing, but he referred to um, him saying initially that why are we aiming for third and fourth? We should be aiming for the title. And there were a few laughs, and he said they're not laughing anymore. I mean, it's that kind of thing that just, it, you know, it's it it, it it we as Arsenal fans love that, that talk. Because this is someone who comes, and I've said this before, but he comes from a team that wins, that won games. He came from a manager that instills, you know, a belief to win. Um, yeah, of course, having hundreds and billions of uh, pounds helps as well. But we're still, the manager itself has that form of, uh, you know, Guardiola was just to always win. And you see that with Zinchenko, you see that. Mentality, it's amazing. I, I, I don't, I don't think, I, you know, I can remember anything post Invincibles where we've been anything close to this, in terms of there being a group of players, even your Sackers of this world. You've got Shaku now is an absolute legend at the club. What a turnaround he's had! But they're all there to win that game. They're all there, and even our response because I think even maybe there could have been a part of us who said, "Hey, we'll take two two." We'll take it. You know, we're still clear. We're still top. But there was this feeling of, no, we've got to win this game. We've got to continue the momentum. And that's what we're seeing. And it's coming from a lot of these players. And even in their comments and their attitude, it's amazing, man. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that comes with, we've, we've been saying for a long time that a big part of our recruitment process now is the character, yeah. right? Like we've got a lot of international captains, a lot of people that were captain of their of their club before and I just think we've we've gone from a place where everyone's saying Arsenal have no leaders um there's no one to be stand up be counted and they can't say that now just no yeah absolutely not yeah I mean uh, the just I mean and you know you guys already touched on Zinchenko but uh, you know you noticed that uh uh when uh Odegaard was doing the uh coin flip it was Zinchenko that was rallying all the guys pre-game and stuff like that too you know I mean you know Jesus, Xhaka uh I mean it's Tierney even, you know, holding. I've heard a lot of uh, really good uh, 
off the pitch stuff about him and his leadership. I mean, it, it's, it is crazy. Like we've, we've come so far uh, in that regard in such a small amount of time. So. Yeah, I would, I would agree. Just to, just to close out on the game, like I think the press and the TV built this up as Arsenal, Man United are back and Arsenal, this is going to be the blockbuster and that. And I got to be honest with you, I, they tried to oversell it because United are not back. This, this isn't, one of the games in 97, 98 that was going to decide the title. They're 11 points back with, with, and we've got a game in hand. Like this isn't, we are not at the same stage. And that game was not close in anything other than the scoreline. And, you know, if you think about the danger players, right. And Ketty has got two goals. De Gea saved that brilliant chance from him. Well, it actually wasn't as good a save as I thought because it wasn't quite in the corner. Um, he had the other chance after Xhaka switched feet and passed it across to him and he 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 kind of hit the defender with it. Saka had the goal, he hit the post, he had the shot block just before half-time. Martinelli from that little corner routine at the, at the, in the first half, remember when Saka cut it back and he tried to wrap his foot yeah. around it and it just whipped wide. Odegaard had the shot that Ericsson blocked at the, at the near post. You think about them, Rashford had the goal and then he had one other chance where it bobbled around the deflection. Their other attacking players did nothing. I'm not even sure Ericsson got in our half. Fernandez had the one dive early on. We didn't see him in the box after that. Beghorst, I forgot he was even playing after time. I mean, it was there's a big gap between these two teams. Um, and you could see it. And to be fair, that was more than a one-goal win. We've come out of it 3-2. That could have been five or six. Um, and I just, you know, I I think we it was similar to Spurs where we could have had more. I think Spurs, we played within ourselves, but I actually think Spurs offered more of a threat than United did. I, I wasn't worried at all about United. And if you rewatch that game without the emotion of being in the moment, then I, I think it's a completely, a completely different game. Have either of you watched it back and, and, and kind of changed your minds on what you thought you watched? I haven't. I uh, suffered through the uh, Tottenham Fulham game today. Instead, it was a big mistake. So, <laughs> why would you subject yourself to such abuse justin come on um i am um, I, I i you see i know we had a discussion about this i i think i think my my idea of them being a threat was primarily rashford because i think he is in a kind of form which can you know um you know, he could, as you saw from his goal, he can create something out of nothing. He's got that raw pace and he's finishing well. And, you know, we always seem to have these players who score against us. Like he's one of them. You know, he's always like there's always one from a team which will just score against us inevitably. Um, I, I, I totally agree. I think if you look at every aspect of the game, we beat them. But I did have this niggling feeling that one, we were, especially in the first half, we were doing a lot of loose passes. We looked nervous, which we tend to do against United, because I think even in the away game, we had some nervy moments. And I think they had that opportunity to capitalise on it, which always worried me because someone like Rashford can capitalise it. And as much as he's a rat face, you know, he's not even anywhere close to shining Odegaard's boots. Fernandez, he can put that through pass through at some point which he did actually in the second half so I did feel there was always that apprehension but you're right I, if you look at what we saw if you look at it in the cold heart of the day and you look at it and you look at the stats we absolutely smashed them out of the out of the stadium yeah and I mean you brought up earlier the 25 shots to 16 but as well as that I think we had a 3.3 xg and they were at 0.3 we had 63 touches in their box to 12 which was the uh, the the biggest the biggest gap in the Premier League this season, and the next closest, by the way, was Man City at home at Southampton in a game that Man City won four nil. So I mean that game was it was a it was a bigger margin than the scoreline suggested. But um, all right, okay. Well, I think we've gone as far as we're going to go with a with a game. Um, we can uh, we can all agree that it was another fantastic weekend. And uh, in part two, we'll come back with some general chit chat. Look at the. Man City game and maybe talk about uh, another couple of uh, players we've been linked with. So I'll see you all after the break. Hey, welcome back to the non-negotiable podcast. Um, time for part two now. Um, we're gonna we'll start off by cracking into another couple of little transfer rumors. Um, the first one really is one that we've already covered. It's Ivan Fresneda. 
um, that we hear is basically got a straight choice between us and Borussia Dortmund, uh, 15 million, and then a, a loan back, which which we actually speculated on uh, when we did our transfer pod on, on Friday. We figured that that, that might happen. Um, but just the, the player looks great. We've already gone through that, but he's, I mean, it's two good, ch- two good uh, clubs to choose from, isn't it? Us and Dortmund. I, I don't think for a young player, you can get to two better clubs. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think we're uh, uh, really attractive, especially for young players right now. Um, you know, young core group of guys, Arteta has shown willingness to uh, give minutes to younger players. Um, but you also, you couldn't fault the kid for choosing Dortmund either, just with their track record. Um, Arteta's pull and talking 1v1 to players, though, has been a, a, a you know, a, a great lure. Um, so, I mean, I'm pretty confident that if we want the player, we'll get him. But it's definitely one to watch, you know. Um, Paz, we've, uh, is this coming because of fan base? I mean, I know I've seen a lot of people, well, we've already got Ben White and we've already got Tommy Asu, so why are we signing another right back? And uh, are we going to have to accept that as the kind of club we are now, the kind of team we are now with the kind of manager that we got, there is going to be a constant will to improve. And we could have two players, three players, four players in a position. If Arteta sees someone he likes and he thinks he's fit, He's going to, you know, and it's going to be a good fit for the team. He's just going to go after him. And as a fan base, we're just going to have to accept that, right? We've got to stop worrying about having too many good players in one position. Absolutely. And, um, you know, the the initial idea, I think, is to loan him back. Um, Who knows if we would loan him again next year? We don't know. Um, Also, who knows what's going to happen with the right backs we have? You know, you, you can never really predict what will happen in two years. We could sell Ben White. Who knows? Someone comes in with a crazy offer and we sell him or Tommy Yasu wants to leave. Who knows? I think you what what's happening is he's, he's seizing opportunities when he sees a player, like you said, that fits right into the what way he wants to work and the system he wants to play. Um, if you look at, I mean, I'm sure eyebrows were raised when we went in for Ben White and everyone was saying, well, what about Saliba? You know, so I try not to get too impulsive on those things. I'm, I've been subjected to it myself I, I'm in terms of having this overwhelming desire to question everything that they're going for, who they're going for. But at this point in time, I just feel if the quality is there. That's what we're trying to add. And there's not one person I feel that can have a problem with that. Um, he seems a really decent player. He's all the reports seem to suggest he is. The clips I've seen, he shows that he's a very good player. So, yeah, I'm all for it, man. And knowing us, I don't know if it's something he's going to go in the squad next season straight away. Who knows? He might go on loan again. Um, it's work with Saliba if you think about it. So, um, I am, um, I'm, I'm all for it, man. Yeah. Um, another rumor that popped up this morning is uh, Weston McKinney, the American central midfielder. From Juventus, he had a he had a really good World Cup. I thought I thought that that three in the American midfield were were fantastic in the World Cup, and I, I've liked McKinney for a long time. Um, and he seems to me, if he was to come in, he'd come in basically as an eight, um, which would still leave the six for the summer. And I think we all know by this point who that six is that we're looking at. Um, but the the eight is a position that none of us think Sambi Lukonga's probably got a long term future with us. So this one makes a lot of sense, especially around the 20 to 25 million bracket. Um, Jazz, you you like this player, right? I do. Yeah, I like Weston. Um, and I, I have to agree. I thought the uh, the way they all worked together in the uh, the World Cup for US, him and Adams, uh, Musa, they all did uh, they all did really well. Um, <clears throat> we kind of talked about this earlier. I do have kind of some concerns about, you know, uh, some of his prior uh, disciplinary infractions. Um, but yeah, I, I like the player. The price seems good. Uh, age bracket seems right. You know, uh, it's, it's not something I'd be upset about at all. Um, I do think we could probably aim a little bit higher. Um, I mean, if, if it was me personally, I mean, I'd probably be going back in for Musa. Um, but you know, uh, McKenney's not a bad shout and I think it's 25 million euros, isn't it? So he's only, it's, it's even better. Um, so yeah, you know, one to watch. Yeah, I, I like McKinney a lot. I think he's he's got a lot he's got a lot about him, and I think mean, I think mean, Moose is a he's a good player on the ball, but I can see why for that left eight, McKinney might be a better fit because if you've got Odegaard on the right, what Xhaka does, Xhaka, and I I love Granite, but 
what he's never going to be mistaken for is Diego Maradona, right? Like that's, <laughs> that's just not that's just not what he does. What he gives you is the the power, the pace. And I think that that fits McKinney and that that burst into the box. And and McKinney's young too. And like you said, he's he's had a few things in the in the past, but he went to a really big club in Juventus that's got a lot of spotlight on him in Italy. Not always for the right reasons, um, but they, uh, you know, there's 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 a lot of eyes on on Juve at all times. And I think he is going to have learned in that goldfish bowl how you have to behave as a professional. And other than when he very first went there and there was a thing about him eating McDonald's every day and being late. But since then, you've really heard nothing more about it. He's been a mainstay of the US team. He was really good in the World Cup. Um, and I just, I think he'd be a really good addition in that left eight pass. Yeah, I I, I was really impressed with him in the World Cup, actually. I thought he... Um... He played, um, I played, I thought it was really good in the Holland game. I thought it was fantastic in the Iran game. Um, so I think he, he kind of, it seems like, um, I, I've, again, I think this is quite a sensible approach. And like you said, the fees, not a lot. I'm sure the wages won't be a problem. Um, and um, it would be, it, it would be interesting to see what he can bring. I, I would, I would think, like you said, he would be, um, an upgrade on Lukonga, just basically on what I've seen of him. Um, he seems pretty dynamic as well. He's a good passer of the ball. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think he's an eight. He's not a six. Um, he won't be in that defense. That's more Tyler Adams, I would say, if you're looking at the US national team. Um, but um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm all for it. Again, uh, you know, I think um, I, I think that being if, if that is a, a an actual viable link. I think it's it's again Arsenal making sense of an incredibly difficult market, insane market price wise, and looking at where there's possibilities for a young player that might have had a few discrepancies with his discipline or issues, but something that Arteta can work with and improve as a player. Yeah, and the, the other link this morning is uh Caicedo from from Brighton. And I do wonder how much of this is two plus two equaling five. Um, we've just done a deal with with Brighton, so it, it kind of looks like it makes sense. But I I don't know. I don't I don't see this one for a few reasons. I see him as more of a, a deeper player, um, and I'm not sure that that's really what we're what we're looking at. Um, and also, we're talking about the price for McKinney only being twenty to twenty five million. Brighton are going to want a lot more than that for this guy. Um, so I I take this with a pinch of salt, but. You know, he, he is he does kind of fit the profile. He is young, he, he is Premier League tested and Premier League proven. So what 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 do you guys think about that, Justin? Uh this one I'm a, I'm a little more surprised about. I, I agree with you. I see him more of as as a, a you know a, a deeper player. Um I don't want to say he, you know, he couldn't, you know, fill in at that left eight spot, but that that's not really, you know, the impression of of the kind of player he is from what I've seen of him. Um, and, and, you know, kind of like what you just brought up, I mean, the price, what, what's Chelsea getting quoted like 60 million, 60 million pounds or something like that right now. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm for rice in the summer. Uh, this one's a tough one though. You know, I mean, if, if he was going to be filling in for, you know, for, for zombie or something like what we were just talking about with McKinney, I could see it, but I mean, at that price, I, I just don't think this is a realistic link for us, you know? Yeah, I, I would agree, Pass. How do you see this one turning up? Yeah, I mean, it, it, just what Justin was about where it said towards the end there was kind of my sentiments. If Rice is an actual uh, real link that we have and there's been dialogue there and there is an interest on his side, I can't see us spending that amount of money for a player that is more or less in Rice's position um, unless we're just not going for Rice. Um, I, I, I don't really believe it too much but if i were brighton what i would do is i would put out an announcement that arsenal are interested <laughs> and then quote chelsea 150 million pounds that that, that's exactly a, that's what a fantastic I strategy that is a great <laughs> they should really get you on board because that sounds like wonderful <laughs> and um, if i were the player i'd ask for a 15-year contract <laughs> probably around 100 million a year what do you think <laughs> and uh, and now we've all now we've all uh now we've all poured cold water on that we'll we'll do the Kaisido transfer uh announcement probably on friday like we did <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> all right well that, that's enough of that so let's let's move on to friday we've got an fa cup game and it's not just any fa cup game it's man city away so 
who'd have thought that the first time we uh the first time we got stuck into it was going to be in a cup game that had no bearing on the league but well that's not true actually because they do have a bearing on the league um and and that's kind of what we're going to get stuck into now what what do you think Mikel is going to do in terms of of a team here like is he going to rotate at all can you see a couple of players starting just where are you, where are you at on that I think we're going to go pretty strong. I do. Um, you know, uh, Arteta doesn't look like, uh, you know, he he takes every game seriously. Um, and I think it is part of the reason for our success is that we do have this big winning mentality. I definitely think there will be a couple rotations. I think we could see Vieira, Smith-Rowe, uh, Tierney, uh, Tommy starting. Um, but I think it's going to be stronger there'll be some groans from the fan base i think with how strong a lineup he puts out for it um i also think it is kind of well this could cut both ways to be fair but um depending on how you look at it it is kind of fortunate we get to uh kind of uh you know put a measuring stick up against city before we play him in the league as well so i'll be kind of curious to see how that goes uh i i bet i bet city doesn't rotate much either though you know what do you guys think about that yeah, I, I I would agree with you, Pat. Where where do you think Arteta is going to go with this? Yes, with regards to City, it's hard to know, isn't it? I mean, the guy uh, wrote seems to kind of have a different team every week, anyway, in the league. Um, players you think would be playing aren't playing. Uh, um, so I've got no idea with Guardiola in terms of um, Arteta. I think, it, yeah, I'm I'm I, I I'm kind of on the same pathway as as Justin on this in that. I think he'll make a few tweaks. So you probably see Tommy Asu come in, probably Tierney. I think he will do that. I think there is an element of managing Zinchenko and there's an element of managing party. So it's possible. It's possible and then he could play. Having said that, though, it is City away. It is an FA Cup game, which I think Arteta still takes seriously. And at the same time... Um, I think there's going to be a thought process that we're not playing an, an, a massive amount of games. Um, uh, we're playing one every week until the middle of February. So it's not as if it would be kind of like we were playing a league game in some respects because it's just the next week we're playing. So I don't know if that, that could also have a factor on his thoughts as to whether he's going to rest quite a lot because I'm pretty sure Saka's starting as always. Shaka yeah. will start. Maybe Trossard instead of Martinelli, perhaps. Um, so it will be interesting to see. But I don't think there's going to be a massive rotation. I'm not expecting Le Conger in. Uh, I don't think he's going to go. Eh, I think even Vieira, I doubt, would be in either. I think he's going to go pretty strong, but with a few place, few players out um, with really adequate replacements. Yeah, I think I, think I can see... Two changes. I think Tommy Asu is going to start over White. Um, and then I think Trossard will come in for Martinelli because I think Martinelli does look like he, he could maybe do being taken out of the firing line for uh, for a game. I think that will happen. The two interesting ones that you said about Paz are Partey and Zinchenko. I personally think he's going to play both of them. I don't think he's going to rest either of them. I think he'll play the pair of them. I think we're going to see nine regular starters and I don't think he's going to play Matt Turner either um, and the reason I don't think he's going to play Matt Turner is because I think that Ramsdale's passing is going to be really important in this game I think that's more he's probably his feet are going to be more important than his, than his hands in Arteta's mind so I don't think he'll rotate Turner in what would you do though Juz if I was to put you in charge other than probably lose the game and screw up our season what would you do if you if it was up to you Hmm. Well, I, I agree with you on the keeper situation. I'd keep Ramsdale in. Uh, definitely think uh, his passing range and stuff like that, it's still quite a bit stronger than Turner's. Um, I never liked the uh, the two keeper situation, like the cup keeper and the lead keeper. I think you, you know, you play your, your, your best keeper when fixtures start to get tough. Uh, Backline, I'm thinking uh, Tommy, Saliba, Gabriel, Man, you make a good point about Zinchenko too. You know, I I I don't think uh you know, I I I think he's still gonna go pretty strong, like you said. So that one I think uh it could be you know more 50-50, but you're probably right, it'll be Zinchenko. Um party. 
Xhaka, of course. I'd like to see Odegaard sit. I think Vieira could do it. Um, I think Smith Rowe could do it. We don't know how fit he is. I don't know if he can go 90. But I, I'd like to see Odegaard get a rest. Um, Saka, of course, and, and Kedia, we don't have any other choice. Uh, and yeah, Trossard. Yeah, I, I, I don't see him sitting Odegaard for this one either. I, I think he's going to want the most technically secure players on the pitch that he can get. I, I just I don't see Odegaard sitting this one out. What what would you do, Paz, if it was you picking the eleven? Would you make more changes than that? Yeah, I mean, I I, I get why he wouldn't do too many because it's Man City as well. I think maybe there might be a feeling of psychologically not having to give them an advantage before playing them in the league if they were to hammer us five nil and we played a really um, total um, depleted lineup. Then maybe there might be that thought process that we don't want to psychologically impact the players while they're doing so well on a winning run. Mm. Um, but if it was me, though, personally, I, I just think it's about prior to prioritizing certain cups and certain uh, leagues. And uh, we're in the Premier League. We're very much in it. We're, we're, we're you know, we, we're in line to potentially win it. I, I would have the Europa Cup second to that. Um, so bearing that in mind, I wouldn't want, knowing that it's going to be a, probably a feisty affair, I would, there would be certain players I'd probably exempt out of the first team lineup, such as Zinchenko, such as Party, because we know the influence they give and the importance, maybe Saka, but I doubt that's ever, that's going to happen, but I would probably do a few little changes there. Tommy Asu in, um, I'd probably put Tierney in, um, because I just think those players are so, so important to us that those other two cups that I mentioned are more important and we need them for those particular games that lead up to those uh, those other important uh, areas that we're looking at. So I, I, I wouldn't, I, because of that reason, I wouldn't put the, I, I would probably want a little bit more rotation than maybe I think he's going to do. Yeah, see, I'm definitely more out of step with uh, with you guys and the fan base on this because I, I wouldn't rotate. I, I'm not a big believer in rotation anyway. Um, I think it's hugely overrated. Um, and I just, I think that winning the FA Cup is important, but more important is going there and giving a really good account of ourselves. And I, I think we can get beat there and still come out of it fine. I mean, one of the games that turned this whole thing on its head was a year ago at home to Man City when we lost, right? When mm. Jacka when Jacka gave away the penalty and we had to send him off. And after that game, we all come out and went, oh yeah, that's that's what we can be, even though we lost. And I think we can go there, play them, play them basically to an even level, lose and be fine. I think what we don't want to do is go there, get beaten 4-0 and have Jack Grealish doing 15 kick-ups running up the line like Nanny did to us that time at Old Trafford, because I, I think that would, I think it would destroy us. And I, I don't think it matters whether it's the first team, second team, whatever out there. I think the belief it would give them. And, you know, and I've, I've got scars from 1999 um, where that the semi-final against United, if we win that game, we win the double. They won it. They won the treble. And that's, to me, that's a huge thing. Um, Pat, you, you got something to say there? Well, you see, my response to that is, is that, I don't. I agree with you if the drop off is drastically less. But I, yeah, okay, okay. Argument party and El Nenny, That probably is quite a drastic yeah, drop. Yeah, I would say less drop off. But but top Tommy Asu for White, I don't think is massive. Um, so I, I agree on could, that one. You could put Tommy Asu in. Um, I, th I yeah, I think for the for the centre backs, we do have a, a an issue on that side. I. <laughs> I just think that sometimes I do worry that there's just a few players that if you look at United, for example, I know your argument about United is they haven't been as amazing as perhaps everyone has been saying, but there has been um, what they're alluding to is a little bit of tiredness because of the amount of games they have played post the World Cup. So if you look at the Palace game, they, they got pegged back to 1-1. And then our game as well was just, what, a few days after that, um, and they've been playing basically midweek games, midweek games, midweek games. We've had the luxury of just playing one every week for quite a while now. And I think it makes a difference. It makes a difference in terms of our performance. It makes a difference in terms of our, um, uh, you know, the, um, the amount of effort that we can put into each game. So 
for me, it's just more of being as fresh as we possibly can for those big games and having those best players available. And I do worry that sometimes in these games we could get battered 4-0 and then have three injuries as well. So, you know, I kind of, I, I, I just kind of with those, the, the FA Cup, same with the League Cup, I just think inevitably that they, they, they've now become less and less important, uh, especially when you are going for the league and a European trophy as well. Well, the other, the other side of that argument too is that we've got legs that we need to get minutes into as well as legs we need to take minutes off, right? So, uh, but but you've got five subs. So, on the hour, you can bring on Smith-Rowe. You can bring on Tierney. You know, We you... have a manager that waits till the 85th minute to make, you know... <laughs> well, yeah, we also have a manager that doesn't rotate, so this may be a little bit of a, a different situation. But, but, but you see what I'm saying, though, right? We've got, we've got legs that we need to get minutes into, but they don't have to be starter minutes. Um, I don't think Smith Rowe is going to start. I think not bringing him on on Saturday uh, or Sunday, sorry, I, I think there was a couple of parts to it. One, I think the game probably suited Trossard a little bit more because Smith Rowe is more of a more of a he's more of a dynamic impact player. And I think what we were looking for was to maintain the level that we had rather than change what we were doing. Um, the other thing is, I think there's probably a chance that Smith Rowe really isn't ready for a game of that intensity yet. Um, which is interesting because Friday night could well be a, a similar intensity game. Although I would say it's more likely between us two. There's there's more. It's more technical than than blood and thunder. Um, but yeah, so so where just with the getting minutes into into legs. Can you do you, do you think he's going to go a little bit earlier with the subs in this one? Man, I hope so. I do. Um, I think you're right though. Uh, with regards to Smith Rowe, I think um, he's proven that he's been one of our most impactful players off the bench. Um, so I mean, that's a really good point. You know, we we've seen like uh, Enkedia come off the you know the bench several times and not really make much of an impact, but crush it. You know, when he gets a run of games, Smith Rowe is has has uh, really proven that he can be a uh, you know devastating off the bench. So I hope he comes on. I, I mean, I'd like to see some earlier changes from Arteta just in general. But uh, you know, like you guys, I do hope we're prioritizing the league and and uh, in Europa over the FA Cup. Yeah, I can I can see that too. But I mean, we and and with the Europa League as well. Just to touch on that a little bit, although that's a bit further out. But I'm guessing we're going to be favourites for that, right? We I have mean, to, you've yeah. got Man U and Barcelona. Well, I don't really see how either of them can be favoured over us. Um, so I'm guessing if we're not favourites, we're going to be second favourites. Hundred percent. I think. Um, I think looking at the way we're playing, I'm actually really excited for Europe now. Um, like Justin was talking about the Champions League, obviously we don't have that, but I'm excited to see um, what we can produce in Europe. We have a, um, a squad which is increasing quality-wise. I think we um, have options now. Um, and when you look at what's left, even the teams that finished third. I don't fear the Barcelonas of this world as much as I used to. It's a different Barcelona. Um, and um, yeah, Man United, we know what, what they're about. Um, it, 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 we, we, we have to be. We have to be. And obviously, I know we're on course to get the Champions League, but I just think having another trophy, a European trophy, which is something we don't have a lot of, um, is just a, a nice little extra. And also, I think we go... If we weren't to win the league, which I'm not going to put a negative spin, but if we weren't and we won the Europa Cup, I think we go straight in as a top seed. But actually, we might go in as a, yeah, so we'd go in a top seed if we win the Europa Cup, but finish second or third. But obviously, we'd go top seed. I believe we finished top anyway in the league. So I just think it would be a good uh, addition to have uh, for a European trophy wise. Yeah, well, we're also, I mean, and you're right, our record in Europe is horrendous for a club of our size. There's there's no way to sugarcoat it. It is, it is not good. Um, there were a good three or four years where we were the best team in Europe and managed to not win, not win it. Mm. Um, and it's just, it's for a club of our size, it's not good enough and that needs to be improved. Um, but the other thing is from this point, and I'm, I agree with you, I'm not counting any chickens. We've got 50 points from 19 games and that is absolutely fantastic. But we've won nothing. And Man City are more than capable of, of winning 16 of these last 19 games, basically having the same first half, uh, second half of the season as we had in the first half. Mm -hmm. And it, it, they could easily reel us back in. So there are no chickens being counted here. And 
but at this point it would feel like a bit of a disappointment if we if we didn't win it from here and I, I just think having one of the cups be it Europe or or even the FA Cup I think would would definitely help just what what do you think about that Oh, kind of like a consolation prize, huh? Um, yeah, basically, because, you know, what we don't want to do from this season is finish with nothing, because that's going to feel really, really bad. Uh, I'd love to win a, a European trophy. I would. Uh, I still hope we go strong in in, uh, in Europa League. Um, I think we, we're we not quite the depth I'd love us to have, but I think we're we're still deep enough to to, to uh, make deep runs in, in Europa and... Uh, keep up this form in the league. Um, I agree with you though, after the season we've had, if we end up, you know, second, third, but we're trophyless, I think it'll be a huge missed opportunity. I think we've got to get some silverware this year. We have to. Yeah. And I, I think with these players as well, we've got a young group of players and, and it's always good to be, to be validated. And we've had a lot of change over the last few years. And with, with this group now, most of these, this team weren't there when we won the FA Cup under our turn. It's, it's crazy because it was only a couple of years ago. But they weren't there. So they, you need some validation for what you're doing, right? And they're getting validation every week because they're winning. But if that stops, they need something else to really to really push them, I think. Um, is there anything else anyone wants to bring up? Any Anything else that anyone want to talk about? No, 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 yeah, really. Um, not just, you know, I think... Um, I think you mentioned it about being 50 points at this part, point in the season. It's just, it, it's still difficult to comprehend that we are 50 points at this yeah. point in the season and only one defeat and one draw. Um, so it, I just feel that um, it, it's just a sign of how far we've progressed. And I, I really hope um, we can continue that because the, the, the goalposts have definitely shifted in what our priorities are for this season. So it it, it really is, uh, it's going to be really, really exciting to see what can happen now. Yeah. And uh, in the summer, Arteta said, you know, but to get anywhere, you, you've got to score 90 goals in a season. And we looked at it and we were like, man, we're a million miles from that. And <laughs> I, I think, you know, I was at the start of the season, I said to you guys, my, my, my thoughts were I did think we'd get top four. I, I thought we'd be in the mid-70s in points and probably around 70 goals. And my absolute dream was to get to 80 points and 80 goals and and probably finish third because I didn't envisage Liverpool dropping off quite as quick as they had. But here we are halfway through and we've got 45 goals and we've got 50 points. It's uh, pretty stunning stuff, Justin. Yeah, it's it's still not even uh, quite real to me yet. Just just how well we we've been doing this season, um, and I I agree. I mean, I was I was just hopeful for top four this season again. Didn't expect Liverpool to drop off this much. Expected Chelsea to be a little more in the mix. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's crazy. I mean, you know, hats off to the lads. I mean, they're they've they've played really well, and I'm I'm just excited to see what this you know this team can do. Okay. All right, guys. Well, thanks very much for joining us and thank you everybody for joining us and we'll do this again next week. Um, and let's hope it carries on this way because it's been been great so far. So guys, also, Gab, see... before you wrap this up, did yep. you see Arteta become a real North Londoner? Did oh. you see his we... interview? You can always get better in it. <laughs> It was know, brilliant. We were at school. It was like so. morphed into Hector Bayerin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was uh, that was phenomenal. Actually, that interview. A lot of the post match stuff has been been pretty good. Actually, I, I, I said to man. you that Luke Shaw actually gave an honest interview, um, and then Ten Hag come out and gave a completely ridiculous interview where he said it was all in details. Well, well, yeah, the details that we had three point three xg and twenty five shots to six are those details. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I yeah, understand um, why he, why he's got to say it. But you know, a manager who's out here bringing Fred on for Anthony is is he's not really thinking uh, that, that that it's just just in the details. He's one hundred percent. The last ten minutes, their intention was just a time waste, and they were really happy with that draw. And that's where it goes back to your point just before we go about it might not be the same. It's not the same as the, the, the years of Manchester United Arsenal, because that would never happen in an Arsenal Man United game in the 2000s, 90s, where one team's holding out for the draw, unless that draw is to win the title. But whenever they played each other, each team wanted to win. There was yeah. never a moment where I can remember that they would sit back and just hope for a draw. 
No, I mean, we, we might get back there, but despite what Sky and NBC want you to believe, we're, we're not there yet. I mean, we, no. you know, if if they get back there, I mean, it will be difficult now because we're dealing with nation states with with oil money. So it's, it's you know, it's, it's not really straight up sporting competition anymore. So I think it's going to be difficult for two clubs that haven't got that sort of backing to to have that kind of dominance again you know a seven eight year run yeah. where it's just those games are deciding everything i just I, I don't know i don't ever see us get back there despite what what they want to i mean it was fun don't get me wrong a lot of the montages were, were great to watch and i don't know if you saw the sky uh preview for it but sky did a sky did a really good uh like a three minute intro thing for it which, which is probably well worth checking out if you can uh if you can go see that, but yeah, we're, we're definitely, we're definitely not there anymore. No, 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 but we are where we want to be. So that's the yes, good news. We are. And, and, and long may it continue. So, all right, guys, well, let's, let's wrap it up here. Um, and like I said, we'll, we'll be back. We'll see everybody next week. Um, when hopefully we'll be talking about beating Manchester city. Absolutely. That's right. Good evening, see guys. You. See you later, guys. Your defense is in trouble and catch ya in the room. Your defense is in trouble and catch ya in the room.